worship our God. Amen. Lord, we just bless your holy name. We thank you for all you've done, Lord. We thank you for your amazing love. Help us to grasp how wide and long and high and deep it is. You are awesome, Lord. We thank you and we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. When we were lost ones, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigals, you ran to meet us with open arms. And we can't hold back our grace. When we were refugees, you were the We love you. You 
thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. You are awesome, Lord. You are beautiful, God. We thank you, Father, for the great love you have lavished on your children. You alone, Lord, you are worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Then I saw lightning from heaven. 
Jesus. Thank you for dying for our sins. We just bless your holy name. You are so good to us, God. Lord, we just want to praise you and bless you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. I raise a In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody.
your holy name you alone are worthy God you alone are worthy hallelujah thank you Lord you alone are holy you alone are holy God all the nations will come and worship before you and we just worship you tonight you are worthy God and we bless your holy name of lightning, rolls of thunder. Struck wonder at the 
Lord, we bless your holy name. We worship you, God. You alone are worthy. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're in this place with us. We thank you that you have great plans for us. We thank you that you have a beautiful word for us from Pastor. Thank you, Lord. It's come straight from the heart of God. I believe it. Help us to capture it. Lord, help us to run with it. Help us to live it out as we leave this place. We bless you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Okay. I am doing offering tonight. So I'm going to share a ver uh, piece of scripture with you. It's one of my, one of my many favorites about giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. Remember this, who, whoever sows sparing will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Amen. Each of you should sow what's, what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheer a cheerful giver. And God will bless you. If you're if you are if you're faithful to what He wants you to do, if He puts it on your heart and you're faithful to it, 
He always provides. Amen. So, ushers, will you guys or will you guys come up real quick? Father, we just thank you for this night that we get to come together, Father, and worship you. We got to worship you with our mouths and our hearts just now. Father, let us let us worship you with what you've given us, Lord. Let us give our tithes, bring our tithes to you, Lord. Let us give whatever you else you've put on our heart, Father. Father, I just pray that you bless the gift that they give today, Father, that it goes to where you want it to go. And, Father, I pray that you bless the giver, Father, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Father. Father, I love you, and we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you had a good week so far. I know we have a lot of people that have gone, that have been chaperones all of a sudden with all the kids tonight. They um, went to a water park, and so... Uh, how many adults would vote that one Wednesday night we go to the water park and leave all the kids here at church? Getting quite a few hands raised. That might be a great idea. It's great to have you here. This, um, this uh, next few weeks, we're going to have a lot of things going on. We have some sign-ups in the foyer. For those of you that are watching live stream, on September the 11th, we're going to have an outreach to our community, and everybody can be involved in that. And uh, there's lots of things. I mean, anything you want to do, we have it from security to parking lot to watching over. We have inflatables coming, dunk tanks. I mean, some of you, somebody might want to throw a ball at and dunk in the water. I know that no one would want to do that to the pastor, but maybe a bunch of you. We have face painting, balloons, all kinds of activities. But everybody can do something. And so come and join us. Sign up in advance so you can sign up online, I believe and be a part of that on September the 11th. Because, um, you know, our kids are getting ready to go back to school. Summer's just about over. We want a big, one big hoorah for all of our kids and our community to be able to come and enjoy the day on September the 11th. Free hot dogs and all those things for everybody who comes. And so it's going to be a great, great day. And it's going to be a great day of celebration. And we want our church to reach out to our community and say, hey, if you don't have a church home, come and join us, our family, this, uh, this fall in our church. So we're reaching out. And I want to thank all of you that have already signed up, who are participating, and for all of you who will in advance. If you will, take your Bibles and stand with me tonight. It's Wednesday night. I love Wednesday nights. It's the refreshing, refueling, renewing, uh, getting ready for the rest of the week. How many of you would say, I've had a tough week so far, raise your hand. Man, there's a bunch of you. Okay. What I've got is just for you. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We hold it up. We pray right now that your word would become alive. Alive, that God, it would begin to split our very marrow and our bone. That it would begin to split our spirit if we need it to. That God, it would pierce every part of our mind that we can receive it. We thank you for this word because everything in this world may change. But your word will never change. You will never change. You are the same. Yesterday, today, forever, your word will never change. Thank you for something in this world that will not change. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Last week, I introduced a phrase, try off. I wanted you to put some off. In your trying, 
Because sometimes in life we can try, and then we try again, and we try again, and we try again, and we get tired of trying, because if you do not have a triumph, every so often you're going to give up. You're going to quit. You're going to cease to try. And I believe that we as Christians should always be trying. Because sometimes you are just one try away from a triumph. Just one try. One more time. One more prayer. One more reaching out to someone. More, one more ounce of faith. One more step of trusting God's word. Just try. Just one more time. And you might understand how that you can triumph through Christ. And so last week I talked about Paul, and I just can't get away from it. So we're going to go back and, and look at that passage as well as a couple of others. So tonight, if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, I'm going to be reading it from the Message Bible. It says this, So how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed bad or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. <laughs> Amen? And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. How many of you know how it's going to turn out tonight? Raise your hands. So that's why we keep the celebration going. That's why we keep on trying. I know how it turns out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything He wants to do in and through me will be done. Praise God for that. Amen. Everything that God wants to be done in me and through me, it will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, Everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. Praise God. I love this guy, don't you? I mean, you put me in jail, put me in prison, uh, chain me to some guards. I mean, they're, they're not, whether I live or die, it doesn't matter. They're, they're not going to shut me up. Alive, I am Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his prize. Life versus even more life, I can't lose. Paul says, God has given me this platform. The platform today is in prison. The platform in other days has been on the streets and the cities. The platform sometimes has been on a ship. But wherever I've been... Nothing's going to shut me up because I'm going to keep on celebrating because I know I can't lose. Wouldn't that be a great way to live every day, right? Every day you get up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on celebrating life because why? I can't lose. If I live today, I am his. If I die today, I'm his pride. I'm just going to celebrate life. Wouldn't that help us with a lot of depression and anger and anxiety and fear? Yeah, I mean, we're not in, how many of you are in prison today? Literally, we're not in prison, we're in church. Um, one of our, and he wrote a book about his life. And one of the things that struck me so strongly about that book 
was he said this, if you get up in the morning and there is a doorknob on your side of the door, it's a great day. How many of you woke up this morning and you had a doorknob on your side of the door? You could open that door, close it. You could walk through that door right in and out. All you, you're free. What a day that is to be free. Hallelujah. You got a doorknob on your side of the door, man. You should celebrate life. Because if we want to, we can all think about all the bad things in life, right? Everybody here, I guarantee you it's going to be 100%. How many of you have something in your life that gives you trouble sometimes? Raise your hand. Everybody. We either have trials or we try umph. I've got all kinds of trials. You do too. we got all kinds of troubles. I told you last week, Jesus guaranteed trouble if you're a Christian. But he also said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So every day we get up, we got to get up and go, I'm celebrating. Right. I always tell people, how, how, this is how I know it's a good day. I'm vertical. Right. That's all it takes. Right. If you've been horizontal for a few days, when you're vertical, that's a great day. Man, I'm walking. I'm talking. Man, I'm breathing. It's a great day. Paul declares, I can't lose. So let's turn to another passage. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Here's what Paul says. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of its intended effect. So when Paul was out preaching, people were getting saved, people were hearing the gospel, and the message was changing the world. So they said, we're going to put him in prison, shut him up, and then no one will hear the good news. He said, it's had the opposite effect of what it was intended. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here and everyone else too, they found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah that piqued that curiosity and now they've learned all about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? He's like, I would not have been able to tell these people had I not been put in prison. But now that I got put in here, they heard about me being put in here for the Messiah. It piqued their curiosity. And guess what? They've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Praise God. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves in the faith than ever. They're speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. So Paul says, you know, I was the one outside preaching, but now that I've been put in this prison, those people that were listening, now they're preaching, and there's more of them, and they're preaching fearlessly about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we don't speak sometimes because somebody else is speaking, and sometimes God has to remove that person from speaking so that you'll start speaking. Maybe you're the one at work that needs to start speaking. Maybe you're the one at the marketplace that needs to start speaking so that others can know about Jesus Christ because you are not fearful. You become empowered by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So let's just think about this for a moment. Paul, when he was Saul, he was persecuting the church. But when he had that conversion on the road to Damascus where God blinded him, spoke to him. Three days later, Ananias prayed over him. He received his sight. Paul gave up everything in his life to follow Christ. 
He gave everything to serve God. He had done everything that God had asked him to do. Think about this, Christians. Paul gave up everything in his life that he had to serve God. He then did everything that God asked him to do, and his reward, prison. Now, how many of us, come on, how many of us have had a lot of bad trouble and we start going, but God, I've done everything you've asked me to do. I prayed. I paid my tithe this week. I don't know. And why is all this happening to me? Yeah. Paul's thinking, I'm not, I'm not even going to think like that. I'm going to celebrate every day. I'm going to keep on trying because I know how this thing ends. I can't lose. I'm going to try and try, and I'm going to try off. And so many times we think, if we serve God, give him everything we have, do everything he asks us to do, every problem is solved. Your wife loves you like you're a god. I mean, your husband loves you like you're a goddess. Your kids come and call you blessed. You go to work and you can't do anything wrong. Everybody looks at your job and goes, how do you do it? And you make it look effortless. You go to the store and everything you want is there and it's on sale. Half off of half off of half off. Your car is awesome. Your house is awesome. Your dog runs and jumps in your lap. Everything. How many know life's not like that? Especially if you are a follower of Christ. Because the enemy hates you. And his thought is, I'm going to shut you down. And for some of us, all of it takes is a acne. You wake up in the morning, oh no. The whole day's ruined because you have acne. For some of us, it's stepping on the scale. How did I gain 15 pounds in one day? All I ate was water. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. For some of us it's, oh man, the, are you kidding me? And the day's ruined. You tried once and you quit on the day. Hey, listen, doesn't matter what the scale says. Doesn't matter what the acne looks like. It doesn't matter what your hair turned out to be. Mine does this no matter what. Sandy gets so mad. I wake up in the morning, it looks like this. I go swimming, I get out, I do that, it looks like this. This is my bad hair day. I just thank God I have hair. Hallelujah. We need to learn how to keep on trying. Paul had done everything and he's in prison? That's not fair. That's not right. Come on, God. If the gospel is such good news then why is Paul in prison? You ever thought about that? Here's a guy going around, I'm just going to share good news with everybody. Then why is he in prison? Paul says my imprisonment has had the opposite of its intended effect. Whatever the enemy wants to destroy me, God turns it around for good. Isn't that scriptural? Absolutely. The enemy's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy you, either through your attitude, through your health, 
through your finances, through your friends, through your spouse, through your dog, through your cat. I don't know. But whatever the enemy brings into your life, God can cause it to have the opposite effect in your life. It cannot have its intended effect. It can be turned around to good. He said, they put me in prison to shut me up. But the opposite has happened. Guards come on a 12-hour shift, and guess what? They don't get to leave or my, my side for 12 hours. They got to listen the whole time. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I'm telling them about a man who stopped me on the road one day and blinded me, but three days later gave me sight, not only opened these eyes, but he opened the eyes of my heart. He changed my life. He cha I, I told him about the time I was on a ship, and it was going through a storm, and everybody was ready to jump ship, and an angel appeared to me and said, don't jump ship, hold on. You'll all be saved. And every one of us were saved to the Isle of Malta. We got, on the, we got on the island and I built a fire and everybody was trying to dry out. I reached my hand down to put another log on the fire and a snake come out of the fire and bit my hand. But all I did was shake it off and keep on preaching the word and the guard's eyes getting bigger and bigger. Oh, you'll never, never forget the day, this, this little town of Lystra, man. They stoned me and left me for dead. But then all of a sudden I felt God go, breathe life back in me. And I got up and walked away from there and went to the next town and preached the gospel. Can you imagine the guards hearing these stories? Are you serious? Did that really happen to you? I'm telling you the truth. Here's the scars. I've been beaten 39 times, 40 times. But God has always been faithful. What kind of God do you serve, Paul? That's the kind of God I serve. For hours and hours they listen. And then they go home and tell their wives and tell their kids. And they get saved. Then their wives and kids go out and tell their friends. And Paul said, man, the gospel's being spread. And the people we left in the church, man, they're now preaching messages and their powerful move of God and the Holy Spirit in the churches. And the gospel is getting spread like never before, fearlessly. Why? Because the intended result was thwarted. I believe sometimes we allow the enemy to have his intended result in our life because we stop trying. We stop celebrating. We forget that we win. We forget that God is for us. We forget that we need to breathe and celebrate. Why? Because I know how this thing ends, man. God is going to give me life today, but if he doesn't, then I'm going to breathe my next breath in his presence. I'm his prize. Wow. I got to tell you, that'll sure change the way you live every day. You won't let acne mess your day up. You won't let the scales mess your day up. You won't let any little thing mess your day up. Why? Because something's bigger than that living inside of you. Christ Jesus in you. He's in you and he will do through you what he intends to do. Sometimes you can do everything right. And you still have trouble. You ever been there where you've done everything right? Of course we have. So many times Christians want a free get out of trouble card. You know? Remember those? You ever played uh, uh, that game Monopoly? Yes. And you get that get out of jail card. Man, you love that thing. Because somebody's going to put you in jail. You wind up there and you go, I'm getting out free. And sometimes as Christians we want somebody, just pray over me and fix it. Uh, Pastor, just give me a one, two, three of how to fix this. Sometimes the whole fixing's in you. 
Sometimes the whole fixing is, what are you going to do? Are you going to rise up? Are you going to start trying again? Or are you going to go back and just give up and quit? We need to have troubles sometimes because that lets us appreciate when we don't have troubles. And it lets us appreciate how God got us through that trouble. Sometimes we want immunity from trouble. We're not going to have immunity from trouble. Sometimes we want immunity from cancer. Christians, good Christian people, get cancer and die. Sometimes we want immunity from tragedies in life. Tragedies. This morning we took our dog, Kaya, to the vet. And, thank, man, we were praying. How many of you pray for your animals, your dogs? Don't pray for cats because it just won't work for cats. But prayer works for dogs. We took our dog in and the vet listened because she's 11 years old. She's a big husky. And uh, she seemed to us like she'd been struggling lately. So we took her in and, man, we got to pray. You want somebody to pray for your dog, man, Miss Sandy, I pray for your dog. We were praying for her and the vet muzzled her and listened to her heart. He goes, man, her heart's strong, lungs are strong, everything's good. I think she's just slowing down because it's really hot. I thought about that. I think I'm slowing down too a little bit this summer because it's hot. So we're excited. We're getting ready to walk out of the vet. We walk by this little, uh, looks like a baby bed thing. And uh, Kaya looked over and smelled of it. And Sandy goes, oh, I think she just smelled of that rabbit. I said, that's not a rabbit. That's a dog. And so the young lady behind the counter, she said, yeah, that's my dog. I've had her for 11, 12 years. And she's a little Yorkie. And, and she went, reached in there and picked her up. And, and she said, but she's got a big tumor on her face. And that tumor has caused her not to be able to eat. She can't eat. And she hasn't eaten for days. So she said, I brought her in here today because we're going to have to, I'm going to have to let her go. Our hearts broke. Hearts broke. And so I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but at the workplace, we told her, we said, we're going to pray. Yeah. Because I would want somebody praying for me if I knew that later that day, I was going to have to let go of my little fur baby. Yeah. You love them, don't you? And sometimes you have troubles like that. You've done everything right. And maybe it may not be your dog. It may be your child is sick. It may be that your spouse is sick. Right now in our church tonight, we have one lady in Kansas and one lady here, and both of them are having real heart issues. We need to pray. They've done nothing wrong. But they are facing a day of trouble. A day of trouble. Sometimes following Jesus takes you into trouble. Yeah. Sometimes following Jesus will take you right into a storm. But he's with you in the storm. And if you don't think he's with you, all of a sudden he'll start walking towards you on the water. Because that's what Jesus does in the middle of storms. You follow Jesus, he'll take you right into a lion's den. What did I do to get here? <laughs> Nothing. Just the gospel is about to be preached. Whew. The next morning the king comes out and finds, he's Daniel? <laughs> yes, sir. What? <laughs> he, you're alive? <laughs> yeah, these lions sure do make a good bed at night. Thank you, king. And then he comes up and says, what kind of God do you serve? And Daniel starts telling him. Sometimes following Jesus takes you into the presence of a giant, right? 
You tell that giant, you come against me with shield and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And God takes that stone and drives it into the head of that giant. And then all of a sudden, everybody around you gets energized and becomes fearless and charges against the enemy together. Wow. Sometimes following Jesus lands you in prison like Paul. Yeah. Because he was preaching the gospel. You see, the prison slowed Paul down, but it actually sped up the process of spreading the gospel. I love that, don't you? The enemy said, I'm going to slow you down and shut you up. But all it did was speed up the spreading of the gospel. I love the way God works. And God will do this in your life and God will do this in my life if we don't stop trying. Paul said, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, and even in this prison, I'm going to try and I'm going to triumph. I am going to win this thing. I can't lose. Everybody was watching how Paul responded to prison. Can you imagine if Paul was in there writing a real sad letter? Guys in the church, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It's so hard in here. It's so tough in here. I don't understand why I'm in here. Wouldn't that have been a depressing letter to read to the church? Our leader, our pastor, is talking like this? Paul's going, hey, church, I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. God is spreading the gospel through the prison. How encouraging would that be on a Sunday morning to have that letter read to the church? How encouraging is it whenever you see somebody else go through trouble and they go through trouble and they keep on trying while they're going through trouble? Somebody going through trouble, you say, how are you feeling today? Hmm. And I feel good. God is on the throne. God's got this thing. I was talking with a lady today, and, and she helped me to realize that, you know, we need that refreshing and renewing sometimes of our thinking. And, and she just told me this. She goes, no matter what happens in this world, you're going to be on time for your appointment with God. We had an appointment with the vet this morning, and guess what? The vet was late. They came out and said, it's going to be a little while. And in my brain, I thought, it always is. I don't think he's ever been on time. But you're always going to be on time, and God's going to be on time with his appointment with you and me. Because all of us have an appointment with God in death, every one of us. And we're not going to get there before time. We shouldn't. And we're not going to get there late. We're going to have an appointment with God. And so until that appointment with God, what are we supposed to do? Keep on trying. Keep on trying. You think it was always easy for Paul every morning? Probably not. He had to remind himself of who he was in Christ. He had to remember of all the things Christ had already done for him. How a child of God handles trials and troubles affects other people. It not only affects you, but it affects people watching you. I don't care who you are, somebody's watching you. And you may not ever know who they are but they're watching you. How are you handling adversity? How are you handling trouble? How are you going through the trial? Are you going to keep on trying? Or are you going to quit? Give up? Are you going to be a sad sack? Are you going to be an Eeyore about it? Or are you going to be, God's got this. I can't lose. Because if you keep on trying, you'll triumph. 
Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been encouraged in your faith by what has happened to somebody else and how they handled it? Raise your hand if you have been. Yeah. You've been encouraged in your faith by watching someone else in their time of trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we have trouble in our lives, we've got to look at it as an opportunity for God to do something greater in somebody else's life. Because Paul's troubles made everybody else's life better. Yeah. And even made Paul's life better. He's like, I get to be chained to guards hours every day. They are not going anywhere. I have a captive audience. It's awesome. When we face trials and troubles, we can either blame. You ever been on the blame game? You can blame everybody, everything, everyone, all those things. You can either blame or you can resign yourself to the trouble. Well, this is just the way it's going to be. This is just my life. It's always the same. Or you can surrender your will to God and not surrender to the trouble. And you can get up every morning and say, I'm going to try again. Are you sure? I'm going to try again. Well, it doesn't seem to be working. Hey, I'm not going by my feelings. I'm not going by the diagnosis. I'm not going by the, the, the way things look. I'm going by faith. Faith is how we live our lives. And Paul said, hey, listen, if you want an easy life, don't follow Christ. Paul's life was pretty cherry until he received Jesus Christ. And then he had an adventure. I want to meet this guy because he's going to be short, probably bald-headed. I don't think he's going to be much of a guy to go, Whoa, there's Brother Paul. Look at this dude. I think you're going to look and go, That's Paul? That's the guy? Yeah. Remember that old bald-headed prophet in the Old Testament? Kids were making fun of him. He said, hey, bear, come here and get them. <laughs> Some bad dudes in the Bible, man. Paul's a bad dude. I want to meet him and sit down and talk to him for a little bit. Go, how did you do it? How did you go through all the troubles you went through and you kept on trying? Maybe you'll be the one to encourage somebody else to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that the greatest gift you can give to somebody? To lead them to Christ. Remember the day somebody led you to Christ? You came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Whether it was in a marketplace or in your home or in the church or in a car. I've had people tell me, I got saved driving down the road. Wonderful. Then they pulled over. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Maybe you'll be the one to cause somebody else to share the gospel more fearlessly than before because they watch your life. They'll go, man, I, I saw Steve go through what he went through. Man, his God is real. Man, I, I, I saw Miss Mary go through it. I, I saw, man, I saw, I saw, I saw. And you start looking at your lives and going, what did I do? And they'll go, I was watching you. I was watching you. We've got some great people in this church that I just think are just bursts of sunshine every time they walk in the church. Every time I walk into their lives, they just cheer me up. Yeah. I love being around people like that, don't you? 
So what we've got to decide is, I am going to be that person. I'm going to be the sunshine in the room when everybody else is cloudy. I'm going to be the one that's going to keep on trying when everybody else says, you know what? I'm kind of done. If you're in a try-o, you got to keep trying until you triumph. If you're in trials, and we all have them, you got to keep trying until you triumph. Because you may be one try away from your triumph. One step in faith away from your victory. One more time. I've been watching this shark week on TV. You've been watching it? It's lasted about a month. But you know what's common with a lot of these people that get bit by sharks? If you watch it over and over, you'll hear these same people saying the same stories over and over. They said, we were about to leave, but I thought I'd catch one more wave. I thought I'd go out one more time. And that's when they got bit. So in your life, if you're at the beach and you want to go out for one more wave, don't do it. Stop. If you say, let me catch one more, don't do it. Stop. If you're at the lake, don't do it. You don't get up on those skis. I'm going to do it one more time, get up on the skis. Don't do it. That's when something bad's going to happen. But in life, don't ever stop trying. Are you going to have trials? Absolutely. Guaranteed, the Word of God says. But we keep trying. Keep trying until I triumph. And then when I triumph, I've got a victory story to tell somebody. We know that Paul was in prison. We know that in just a few days after writing this letter, he was led down the Appian Way and beheaded. But Paul said, I am ready to be offered up as a drink offering to God. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have run the race. I have a rich reward laid up for me in heaven, but not only me, but for everybody else who doesn't quit. Everybody else who finishes the race, you got a big reward headed your way. I can't wait. Can you stand with me tonight? Father, if there's anybody here tonight who's kind of getting weary and trying. God, I pray tonight, encourage them. Lord, I pray maybe something I said tonight says, you know what, I need to try again. I, I, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit on my marriage. I'm not going to quit on my kids. I'm not going to quit on my spouse. I'm not going to quit on my job. I'm not going to quit on my health. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get out there and work out again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Whatever it takes, I'm going to keep on trying. Because I believe God will let me triumph if I do not quit. The Bible says if we do not grow weary and well-doing, we will have triumph in our life. We just got to keep on trying. In the middle of a trial, keep on trying. And God, I pray right now for everyone in this house that, Lord, we've got to realize somebody's watching us. Somebody's watching us. And we've got to make sure that we do not let them down. We've got to make sure they see us go through trials, troubles, storms, lion's dens, whatever it may be. And they see us come out on the other side triumphant. Father, tonight, help us to put some oomph in our try, I pray. Amen.
and amen. God. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.